This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. I couldn't be more excited to announce that the official Noose and Seeing Other People merch collab is finally here. I put so much care and thought into the designs for this line. I really wanted each product to represent seeing other people and this community. And when I think of seeing other people and all of the listeners and the family here, I think of how empathetic we all are and how communicative we are and how we all want to provide each other with comfort. And so I really incorporated those values into all of the products. And there are shirts that say emotional support human. There's a sweatshirt that says double text. There is a long sleeve that says emotionally available and so much more. Check it out at www.wearenoose.com. That's N-U-S. And of course, links are in bio on all social platforms. I'm so excited. Check it out and let me know what you guys get. I'm, I can't wait to see it on you. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. This episode may be triggering to those with eating disorder thoughts and behaviors. On today's episode, I sit down with Sam, a woman who is in recovery from her eating disorder. She shares how her eating disorder impacted her dating life prior to seeking treatment and how she's been navigating it while in recovery. 
Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They've helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. Well, thank you so much for being here. You and I have been talking about getting an episode like this done together for a very long time, and I'm really glad we're finally doing it. Would you mind introducing yourself and what you're here to talk about? Okay. Hi, guys. I'm Sam. I'm from New York City, and I'm here to talk about what it's like dating with an eating disorder. So right now, I am in recovery, but I have been dating from the very start, from the very beginning when I was really deep into my eating disorder up till now in recovery. And it's totally two ends of the spectrum. So I'm really excited to talk to you about that. Amazing. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're in recovery. And just for those who are unfamiliar with the topic, like what does being in recovery from an eating disorder consist of? So it involves consistent therapy. So I know that you always talk about therapy on the podcast and I can't preach about it enough. So it's t- keeping track of my therapy and also keeping track of my nutrition. So I talk with a nutritionist also like um, every month and keeping on top of everything. So making sure I am good on both mentally and also via food. Love it. Yeah, I think those are both important. And it's awesome that like therapy is still a part of it because I think it's something that as we go through things and as we kind of move through challenges in our life and, and get past like the toughest part of them. It's such a good way to like keep us in check and make sure that we stay on the right path. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So do you mind walking us through a little bit of the background of um, what your eating disorder was like and how it really affected you day to day, just so we can kind of paint a picture for how it's going to impact your dating life? Right. Okay. So I was bulimic and it started all the way from high school on. So right now I'm 25. So it's been going for over 10 years now. And basically, if you imagine your your thoughts right now, you go about your day, you think about work, you think about school, maybe you think about your friends, but imagine it now just completely replaced with thinking about your body and what you're eating and how you look. And that's like all your, your thoughts. And you basically, you want to like be there for other people, but you can't really be there you're basically really emotionally unavailable. And that's how I would describe myself during most of my, during my eating disorder. And it wasn't until I got recovery where I became emotionally available for other people because I was just so consumed with myself and like picking apart my body and just thinking about what I'll eat for my next meal, what I'll eat for my next snack and thinking like when I'll exercise, thinking how to burn off calories. It was just very consuming. Yeah, I, I can imagine that that's really tough. And that's something you where you feel so sucked into it that you like almost can't even imagine like another t- type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you decide that like, okay, this is not okay? Or did you decide that? Did somebody else decide that for you? Like, at what point did you start to say like, I need help? Okay, so the first sign that I knew I needed help was back in undergrad. This was about sophomore year of undergrad. I was friends with someone and she also was suffering through an eating disorder and she went and seek treatment and she suggested she noticed this patterns in me. And she's like, Sam, I think you could benefit from getting treatment. I'm like, okay, that's a thought. So that's where it kind of, the thought was planted, but I didn't seek out therapy at all. Then I didn't seek out any help. I was just like, I'll just do it on my own. I just figured, okay, I can help myself. It's fine. Um, but then that was sophomore year, between sophomore year and junior year, I transferred schools. And then that also was an added stress. And I 
was still really deep into my eating disorder. And then I still knew, like in the back of my head, I always knew I needed that help. But I decided, you know what, just keep on chugging through. I had like other things going on. I was like thinking about, oh, what am I going to do after graduation? I was trying to secure an internship. So I, again, I kept on pushing back my just dealing with it um, and try to be as normal as possible. I felt like that's like a majority of my life. I wanted to fit in with other people. So I pretended that everything was going well in my life, even though like this eating disorder was definitely like consuming no one like really knew about my eating disorder. Maybe one friend or two friends knew, but even my closest, my best friends didn't know. My siblings didn't know. My family didn't know. So it was just like a secret I've been holding on for like years and years. Yeah. Did you, did you know in your head, like I have an eating disorder? In high school, I didn't know. I thought it was normal. And even mm-hmm. part of undergrad, because like it seemed, it was almost normal for people to like starve themselves or like just not eat or just like constantly be working out to burn off calories that they just had eaten that I was like oh this is like what everyone does so I didn't think it was an eating disorder until someone else brought it up like that is an eating disorder yeah that makes sense and it is scary like how many people like do that and like it's such a normal thing in some social circles and in some like communities that that you find yourself in I remember even like in college like and after college, like there are some people and, and some worlds I've associated with where like everything is about that. And I'm like, if I'm not doing that, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And yeah. it can be really confusing where it's like, no, but like, I think I'm supposed to do this, but everyone else is doing that. Okay, I'll do that. Like, okay. And then you get so sucked into it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially like with social media and everything and every, like yeah, everyone, posts every, single, everyone yeah. posts every single thing they eat now. And it's like, are you, A, are you really eating that? And then B, there are all these accounts where all you see is like the person's working out, the person's like eating a leaf. And it's like, oh, okay, like, well, they look really good. They look like that. So maybe I need to be doing what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. No, I definitely got sucked into like looking at social media, looking at magazines and wanting to have those bodies. And I like for a period of time, I had to just turn off all social media because it was getting really, really unhealthy for me. Yeah. Um, I even remember back in undergrad, like one thing we did was we were really proud of not having a period. So like when you're not eating properly, you tend to lose your period because you're not feeling your body enough. So like we would brag when we lost our period. Like that's how sick we were in like our brains and our head. We were just like, so like, like, yeah, we were really deep into our eating disorders and enough to like brag about not getting our period. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> and in hindsight, I'm sure that's like crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. We okay. laugh about it now. And, but like, we were like, that was not healthy at all. Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about, so you eventually went and got treatment, right. And mm-hmm. got help. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so now you're in recovery. So let's get into the dating aspect of this and how this impacts your dating life now and also how it impacted your dating life then. Um, was it something that you were aware of when you were like talking to people or going on dates, obviously in college, I mean, like we didn't necessarily go on many dates in college, but like, Mm -hmm. how did you navigate that when it came to like dating and, and having connections with people in a like romantic way? And, and did you, was it like, were you trying to hide it almost or what was that like then? Mm -hmm. And then we'll get into the now. Okay. So then definitely all about hiding. Again, I wouldn't even tell my closest friends. So there was no chance in hell I would tell a stranger that was going through this. And I would, I, so the whole eating disorder, you're kind of 
trying to fit this mold of what your ideal body is. So then even going on dates, I was trying to always please the other person without thinking about, wait, do I actually like them? Or like thinking anything about like on my end, do I like basically, what do I want? So before a date, I would go on a diet. Basically the day before or the day of, I would just like stop eating because I was like, okay, I want to look as slim as possible. I want the other person to like me. And for, for me, like back then, it was all about outer appearance. They had to like me like physically. And if they thought... Um, I didn't want them to think I was too thick or whatever. So I would literally just not eat the day before up, leading up to the date. And then also back then I would have my dates be activity based just so I could burn more calories, which is ridiculous. So like I would do like biking dates or running dates or walking dates because I just wanted to constantly be moving and I wanted to use a date as an opportunity to like even burn more calories. So like, again, I had not like when I went into a date, I probably didn't really care about that person. It was just more so like an opportunity for me to continue to lose weight, mm-hmm. which was like, n- did not make, that's probably a reason why I did not make any connections during that entire time during my eating disorder because the focus was never on them. It was just always on me. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's definitely something I wouldn't have thought about with like the always wanting to be moving where it's almost like if you were sitting down like at, a bar or a restaurant, like having a drink and a snack, not only would you be sitting down and wasting that time Mm -hmm. that you could be moving, but you'd also be sitting down and like intaking all these calories that you'd then be worried about. I was so scared of any dates with eating. So like whenever they would like, oh, let's go grab a bite of food. Oh, let's go grab ice cream or let's get a drink. I'm like, no, let's do something else. So I would always like come back with another proposal of a date and they would would be fine. They wouldn't think twice about it. But for me, the back of my head, I was just like, no, I cannot eat with them. I cannot let them see me eat. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually, I do know a lot of people who like, who feel that way where they don't want to do eating dates at all, just because then like they're, they're very nervous about like what to order and, and just eating in front of strangers is an uncomfortable thing. I don't know if these people had or have actual like mm-hmm. eating disorders quote unquote but mm-hmm. i i have heard a lot of people women specifically express that like eating on a first or second date is like a hard no for them this is also like sounds ridiculous but i also didn't want to eat because i didn't want to bloat like it's normal for people to like you know after they eat like yes you'll bloat a little and then it'll go back to normal but like i didn't mm-hmm. want any visible sign of bloating and yeah. i would have designated clothing like clothing that's like walking clothing versus eating clothing so like clothing that you're, you're comfortable eating with and you're like in if you eat something it wouldn't show and then clothing where you could only stand and you eat in the tiniest bit it would show up Wow. So like I would force myself to wear these like walking clothing so that I couldn't eat because then like if I ate, it would show. It was, yeah. So I had two separate wardrobes for, um, during this whole dating back then. Wow. Yeah. And, well, the crazy thing is, is that like, even if you do bloat, like, which is the most normal human thing, <laughs> right. like nobody else is paying attention to that except for you. And that's the same thing with anything. It's like, I mean, you could have a pimple and it could be like ruining your day because you're like, of course I get this fucking pimple mm-hmm. and I have this date tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it coming right now? But like nine out of 10 times, like they're not even going to notice it. And it's just like these things that we hyper-focus on and like drive us crazy that nobody else is paying attention to in the exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I learned that now. I'm like, wait, people literally do not care. They're also, people are just so preoccupied with their own lives that they don't even notice the things going on in the other people. Like, yeah, I would never notice a pimple in my other, my friends. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be a thought, but then it'll just be a thought and it'll go away. I, exactly. I won't like ruminate over it. 
Exactly. Okay. So as you went through recover or as you went through treatment and as you've been in recovery, how has this changed and how are you able to date now? And do you still do these certain things? Do you still have like the two sets of clothing for different activities? What has your dating life been like? Okay. So during the transition part, when the very beginning part of recovery, I use dates kind of as an opportunity to challenge myself. So I was trying to also like get to know this person, but I was trying to also try new foods because I used to be so sheltered. I would only eat certain types of foods or just, yeah, I would be very picky with my food. But then Mm -hmm. every time I go on a date now, I'm like, okay, let's try this new restaurant. Let's try this new cuisine. Let's try something I haven't tried before and using the date as an opportunity to do so. So I would say now with recovery, I've been using it to my advantage in the sense of like trying new things, but also I've been actually getting to know people and I find that I'm more emotionally available and I actually remember things about people because like one common thing that they told me in the past is like they feel like I they knew nothing about me and that um that I didn't retain any information about them and they were right I didn't retain anything about them like they'll mention me again like Sam I just told you that I'm like oh right yeah Interesting. Why do you think that was that because you were so hyper focused on like your surroundings and what was going on? Yeah, I was just so hyper focused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's great that you were able to like, pay, like realize that and, and have that be a wake up call and be like, okay, I need to like change this about mm-hmm. the way I am on, on dates. Yeah, exactly. And I would say with the activity dates, I still do activity dates just because I do find it as fun. But now it's kind of a mind shift where it's not, oh, I'm trying to lose calories. No, it's more like, this is a fun activity to do with another person and doing activities together will help bond. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's totally different mind shift now. Yeah. So when it comes to like actually connecting with people, obviously like being in recovery, I'm sure is a big part of your life and mm-hmm. you're still like, isn't in, in terms of recovery, it's like you'll be in recovery forever, right? right. That, yes, exactly. Considered? Mm-hmm. So do you communicate that to people? Have you communicated that to anyone as you're connecting with them? And like at what point, if so, do you or would you do that? Okay, so I would say I wouldn't tell someone or disclose that information until I get comfortable with them. And that wouldn't be until like at least day three. So like date one or two, I would say like you're still getting to know the other person. I don't think that's like important enough information to disclose at the beginning. But as you get more and more comfortable with someone, I am more comfortable sharing with them that part of me just because it is a huge part of me and I don't want to keep like, it secret from someone especially if I want if I'm interested in them and I have done that um like disclose that information with people in the past um it's more like the way I approach it's like hey I don't know if you notice this but sometimes I can get a little weird with food I just wanted to let you know that I am in recovery right now um I have had an eating disorder in the past I'm a lot better now so but Sometimes I do have a little things where I still get a little weird. And if you notice that, you can definitely like let me know and call me out on it. But it's because of my eating disorder. It has nothing to do with you. Um, and that's how I would explain it. And if they had any questions, I just feel free to answer them. I'm very comfortable talking about my eating disorder now. Um, but yeah, so that's how I usually approach that conversation. I really like how you said that. And I really like that you kind of described it as like, this is not about you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that's a really important thing. And it keeps coming up in conversations on Unfiltered, where it's like, when you communicate something to somebody, the main thing is like, you you know, that there's going to be this pressure on you to make them feel comfortable, when really, it, it shouldn't be about that, like, they should be making you feel comfortable and telling you that like, they appreciate you telling them that. And 
So what have like the responses been? And, and I guess what would be the ideal response? Like, what do you want somebody to say back to you? I would say the responses have been super receptive. They're like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Um, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being comfortable enough to, to share that information with me. Um, and then they would all, then subsequently ask, like, is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything you want, want me to do when I do notice these things? Um, so when I, how I would respond like, oh, if you do notice it, um, just like tell me. And then sometimes I do things and I don't realize it because there's some old habits I had from the past that I'm still trying to break. And if you could call me out if you see it, then that would be really helpful. Um, but otherwise, unless I go out and actually ask you for help, I don't really need help on your end. I do have a really great support system. Like I have my nutritionist, I have my therapist, I have my like friends that ha- are there. Um, and so unless I reach out, I, you don't need to purposely go out of your way to um, help me. So that's yeah. how I usually respond. That's great. And I'm, I'm glad that people have been really like good with their responses. Because um, yeah. I think that's a really big thing, especially when when anyone feels like there's this part of them that they're afraid to open up about or that really defines them, but they want to wait to tell people. I think the biggest thing is like they hold that fear with them of like, well, what if they reject me for it? What if they like think I'm broken or something because mm-hmm. of this? And so it's really great that you haven't had that experience. And hopefully anyone else listening who has an eating disorder or is in recovery from their eating disorder has also had like positive experiences with that. Yeah, I like, so I used to definitely think that was the biggest fear, like them, the other person thinking I was broken, that like they wouldn't want to be with me because of this fact that they learned about me, which is why I like was so hesitant to say anything in the very start. But I also like come to accept that like if they're the right person, if they're a caring person, they're not gonna help. Like everyone has like past traumas, past things that they have dealt with. And if someone is understanding and have like or empathetic in any way, they will understand that and they will just like, okay, cool. So you went through this big hurdle in the past and now you move past it. That's amazing. So yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think it's such a beautiful thing that like people are able to get through the shit that's thrown at them. Like, and this is something Jake and I talk about all the time. Jake, my boyfriend, for anyone listening who doesn't know, um, I hate that I every time I bring him up, I have to say like, my boyfriend because I don't want to be the girl who's always like my boyfriend, my yeah. boyfriend. But like for someone listening who doesn't know, like they're like, who who is she talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's that's been keeping me up at night. I don't want to be the girl who always says my boyfriend. Um, but Jake and I keep talking about like everyone has something and you have no idea what it is. And and the more you talk to people, the more you connect with people, the more people that you meet, the more you realize that everybody has struggled with something. Everyone has had some traumatic experience and it seems like rainbows and butterflies and like everyone's doing great on the outside, but that's really not the case. And for the few people that you meet that, actually like haven't had their thing yet like unfortunately it's only a matter of time and so that's that is something to keep in mind where it's like everyone struggled with things and like like you said about just like being empathetic and if somebody's not going to respond to you in like a supportive and open way that's 100% not the type of person you want to be with and we're so afraid of that like rejection but that's, that's just like, okay, cross them off the list onto the next. And I think that's a, a great way to kind of tell someone something or, or test the waters about like a potential future, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what do you, I guess, wish people knew about 
either what it's like to have an eating disorder or to date with an eating disorder? Like what are some things that people might, might not realize are struggles, like everyday struggles that you deal with or dealt with? So something I still deal with is still like, I still pick apart my body, not as much as I used to, but like before going on a date, I, it, there's a lot of thought that goes before actually approaching the date. Like, what am I going to wear? Like, I still put some thought into it. Of course, now I'm not like one thing that I used to do in the past is if I woke up and I felt just fat, like I literally just felt I was big and I would cancel the date that day of. I, that was an awful habit of mine. But now when I do have those days, like there are some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel so great about your body. That's totally fine. Like people get, have those days, but I just keep on charging forward. I'm just like, doesn't matter. People have these bad days and just go on a date, just do it. And more often than not, when you go on a date, you completely forget about your body. And like, like it just, you're just enjoying the time being there with someone else. So I would say that even that, people with an eating disorder still have the struggles, but they have like, at least I have found like different coping mechanisms and different things that I do to get past it. So, um, I guess I don't know if that was a real tip or anything though. It's just no, like, no, a- that is really good. And, and honestly, that like is something that resonates with me because I know personally, like I gained a lot of weight during college and especially like senior year. I think I, I ended senior year, like 20 pounds heavier than I was when I started it. And I felt so terrible about myself. Like I didn't, I never wanted to get dressed up. Mm -hmm. Like I never wanted, I didn't want to go out because Mm -hmm. I hated the way I looked. And I was like, Oh my God, like people are going to look at me and think like, ew. Yeah. Cause that's how I looked at me in the Mm -hmm. mirror. And I was like, ew, like, what have you done to yourself? Like, Mm -hmm. why would anyone like, like you or be into you or like want to hang out with you? And so it, I do think it was like definitely hard for me in those times. Like go on dates and to be like, no, like somebody's going to want Mm -hmm. you. And, but yeah, I think you're totally right that like, once you like do it and whether it's about like, like finding something that hypes you up before the date to, or like gets you out of your head. I know like some people will like have a glass of wine while they're getting ready. I think for me, it was like finding maybe like three outfits that I felt Mm -hmm. like semi okay in. Um, but yeah, once you get on the date, you do forget about it. Mm-hmm. My like my when I also have those days, my rule is like just always have clothing that you feel comfortable in. Like just like you said, like your three outfits. I always have comf- like my go to clothing, and those that that dress makes me feel amazing. That top makes me feel amazing. And another thing I do is I play like I have a pump up playlist yes. for like right before a date. I play it, and I'm just like all jazzed up, and I go into the date like really like you know pumped to be there, happy to be there, like excited to see them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I love that. I, I think listening to music and like getting in a good mood is one of the best things you can do before a date. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything, like I also have like friends, like we sometimes hype each other up, like we'll hop on a quick FaceTime, like maybe 10 minutes before the date. I'm like, okay, you can do this. Like sometimes we, you, you still get nerves, like just, yeah. Like yeah. anyone still gets nerves. So we hype each other up. So like, if you have your go-to friend, like hype each other up. Like 100%. Yeah, even for me, I know I'll like, if I'm in an Uber or like subwaying there or walking there, I will always like, I'll go through my like, my best friends and I will call each of them until somebody picks yes. up. And I'm just like, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. They're like, Oh, no, what are you nervous for? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> nervous. Distract me. Tell me I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. And but it really does help. And I think like the more we can find little ways to to get us to the date is like, I think the most important thing when when you don't feel great about yourself. 
Yeah. I guess like there's one thing that I wish I knew back then when I was dating in, in at the start of my um, eating disorder. Don't date. That, that's like a simple thing. Literally don't date just because you have to focus on yourself. You're not paying any attention to this other person. You really need to put more attention on yourself. And I think if there was anything I could go back and redo is seek recovery, seek treatment a lot quicker. Stop going on other dates because every time I went on a date, it was more like trying to validate I use it also as a way to validate my own body. Like, okay, if this other person wants to go on a date with me, it's because, okay, I, I like, it's because I look good or I am skinny enough or whatever the reason is. So like, d- like don't date if you're really in the deep trenches of your eating disorder. I don't think that's a good time for you to be like seeking like a relationship with someone else if you're so emotionally unavailable. Yeah, I'm glad that you pointed that out because I know I've had times where like, I'll go on a date with somebody who I think is really hot. And I'm like, oh, well, like, if he wants to go on a date with me, I must be hot too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that shouldn't be what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's also like, like the way we look, like, a lot of times, it's just not a choice. Like, it's what we were born with. It's it's how we look. And, and it's about so much more than that. And like, sure, if a picture on a dating app gets you a date, great. But then it's actually about your personality that that carries you. Yeah, like, I forget who said this, but like the least interesting thing about you is how you look. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One million percent true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, I think the little things that we can do to feel a little better about ourselves. Like I know, I know that I have friends right now who like aren't comfortable with like in their own skin and they, one of them, what, what she's been doing is she's like, I'm going to take a break from working from dating until I feel better. And in order to feel better about myself, I'm going to try and eat healthier. I'm going to work out. I'm going to prioritize me. And um, she's done that for the last few months and she is starting to date again. And I think she's in a much better place and she feels like so much more confident and like good about just like who she is going into these dates. And I think that's so important sometimes. And obviously we want to like date and find people who are going to validate us and make us feel good. But no matter like how much somebody else validates you, like until you can validate yourself, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you have to feel good on your own first before you go seek out someone else who also will compliment that and who will help you also like feel good. And I think that you should like go work on yourself. And also like even in relationship, even when you're dating, you can still continuously work on yourself. But at the very start, I think you need to have that push, that initial push, maybe just be by yourself for a little bit before you go and enter the dating scene. Yeah, 100%. So when it comes to actually like, either with a friend or a partner, when in terms of like being in recovery and and them supporting you, what are things that they can do to actually like help you through it and, and to not try and like control the situation, but just to like be part of your support system? So like I have these safe foods where which are foods I'm comfortable with, and then these other unsafe foods where I'm just like still I'm still, I'm eating it, but it's not the most comfortable thing. So I'll let them know, okay, these are my like unsafe foods. These are things I'm still not comfortable with. And then when we are eating that together, they're like, oh, this tastes good. And it'll just like kind of during that part where I am eating that food, where I'm not the most comfortable, they'll like try to have a conversation. So I'm kind of distracted. So like basically help me get through that period of time when I'm eating something that I'm not the most comfortable with. So I think that has been super helpful for me um, in terms of like, while dating and still in recovery and still going through the struggles of some things that like so some food struggles I'm still going through 
Yeah, that's awesome. And that's something that I, I haven't heard about before. And I think that's like a really smart tool. Yeah. Yeah. What are there any things that like people shouldn't do? Obviously, I'm sure everyone is different. And there are different things that are going to like trigger things for some people. But um, from in your experience, and and from I guess anyone else you've spoken to, are there any things that are like, I guess, almost like red flag behaviors where like, please don't do this? Like, okay, one thing is, please don't point out like everything I do. Like, if you like, if you suspect that, oh, it may be some like habit I've had that, like, just don't point out every t- thing, every little thing that I do and point it out like, oh my God, red flag, not red flag, but like, oh my God, yeah. are you relapsing? Are you um, going back into your eating disorder? Are you blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I just do things and that has nothing to do with the eating disorder. So like, just don't make the whole relationship or make the whole conversation always be about the eating disorder. Like, that's like one thing that, I definitely um, think that people should not continuously bring up like that. You should have the, the person who is going through that, the person who is going through an answer, who's going through recovery. They should be the one initiating the conversation. It shouldn't be the person on the other end, like trying to initiate the conversation. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I think obviously, I mean, you seem really open about it. And I, I know in your initial, like, um, when you initially brought up how you would communicate it to someone, you're like, you can like ask me questions about it. And I think, I think that's really important because I think whenever somebody like something is communicated to someone, I think that's like a little more intense and not like an everyday conversation. I think people are afraid to ask questions because they don't want to upset someone. And I think if you are going to actually like build a partnership, be in a relationship and support somebody, you need to ask those questions. You need to know like what you can and or what you should and shouldn't do in order to actually help them through it. And I think that's something that we're not very good at. It's like we can mm-hmm. hear what someone's saying, but then like we might be thinking a million things, but then for some reason we're afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the key, the key in most situations is like just ask. Like you have to communicate about it. Yeah. And also like one thing is also do not accuse someone of having an eating disorder. That's a big no-no. Like I've had people do that in the past where I, this was before I was open about it. And that just makes me even go back into my shell and not want to share even more. So like, don't put a label on someone before they're ready to like tell their story. So wait, can you get a little more into that? If you, if you don't mind, cause I guess if, what if they were saying that, or like, were they saying that in like a laughing, like, haha, you have an eating disorder, like as it like in a non-sincere way or like, because they wanted to help you. They were saying it in a non-sincere way, but then like okay. in I knew like I definitely did, but I was like I didn't want to reveal it at that time. So that was like a very not kind of off-putting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What would you, I guess, say to somebody who's like in it right now, but is afraid to admit it, is afraid to go get help? I would say there are many resources. Like, I don't know if you're an undergrad or you're, if, you, if you're still in school, there are many, most colleges now have like a whole separate like community and unit at the um, health center just for eating disorders alone. And there, many people, I, I forget the statistics, but like there are more people around you that are suffering during eating disorder and you're not alone. Um, and also the earlier you get treatment, the easier, like you can get, life just gets so much better when you, once you've gone through recovery and like you see life through a whole different like um set of eyes and you get to enjoy life a lot more and life becomes more enjoyable it becomes less about your body you can experience things 
I feel like I was emotionally stunted because of my eating disorder. And now I'm kind of starting to experience things that I should have experienced like years ago, but because of my eating disorder, I wasn't able to. So I would say go seek help like when you can as quickly as you can, because prompt your life gets a lot better. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's really great advice and, and that you were able to really like turn things around for yourself is, is really great. Have you like connected with like other people who are in recovery or like, I know in for certain things, like there are different like communities of people where you can like really find people who get what you're going through and and talk to them about it. Um, I'm wondering if you've had any of those experiences and what that's been like. Yeah. So I have friends who are in recovery and so they were in recovery a lot earlier than I did. So I kind of use them as like a mentor. So I'm like, okay, I'm experiencing this. Is this normal? So I think it's great if you can find those people who are in recovery, because then you can, there are things that the normal, like the lay person who hasn't had an eating disorder can't relate to. So it's nice to have someone who has gone through these similar experiences and can tell you about like, okay, how they went through it. So for example, the thing about um, how do I first tell someone that I have an eating disorder, that I had this past, I consulted like a friend who has had a boyfriend, who has had a boyfriend for I think, three years now. I'm like, how did you initiate that conversation? So like, it really helps to have someone else support system to navigate these little things such as dating, because it's, otherwise you, this, I haven't found a resource for it online or like how to navigate like dating while I'm with an eating disorder. So I had to find these people who have had it, um, as a way to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's so great that you had them and you were able to mm-hmm. ask your friend, how did she do it? And yeah, yeah. I mean, I highly, highly recommend like anyone going through anything, like there's somebody else going through it. And not only will you feel so much less alone, but like, you don't have to go through it on your own. Like you don't have to, like, you're not the first person to go through what you're going through. And so talking to somebody who's been through it or who you can go through it with together is like, just changes everything so much. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Like there have been, I would say that for me, stress is a huge trigger for like going back to old habits. So like having someone that I can easily text, Hey, I'm going through something or even my friends who don't have any answers, just having a support system who understands um, what you're going through has been so, so helpful. Like for um, some of my best friends who don't have an eating disorder past, don't have really a problem with their body image because I've talked, I've been so open about it. They've asked me questions over the last couple of years. They've kind of learned how to like, when I am going through a time where I am like really hard on my body and really, you know, just in a really bad mindset, they know how to navigate that now. So just being open to people, even who don't have an eating disorder, I think that's also super helpful. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, it's just good to talk to people and so people can learn how to have those conversations. When it comes to the body image side of things, has that been, obviously we talked about how like it, but it impacted both of us actually with like getting on dates. But when I'm wondering um, in your case and your experience, has that impacted you? Like once you're actually like comfortable with somebody, once you want to either like, like hook up with them or like even like taking your shirt off, like has that been something that has been like a challenge? Yeah. So like the biggest, I remember back in the day, I would refuse to let anyone pick me up. You know, it was a cute thing for like a guy picks you up. I'm like, no, 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 you cannot pick me up. You cannot give me a piggyback ride. Like none of that cute stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was like a hard hurdle that I had to get through because I'm like, no, I'm too heavy. I'm going to weigh them down. They're going to collapse. It's going to be, we're going to look silly and they're not going to like me. But I realized that 
I, I've learned to trust that guys are, will be able to pick me up. They go to the gym. They could probably pick me up. It's like, and if they can't, they're totally fine too. But like, it's something that I realized it was such a silly thing to like, just run away from. Literally, I would physically run away when someone would like try to touch me. I'm like, no, do not go anywhere near me. And they're like, what's going on with this girl? But um, I definitely learned to overcome that. And the thing with like taking off shirt, taking off a shirt and being more intimate with someone, that was also a huge struggle for me in the very start. Cause I'm like, wait, they're going to see everything underneath my clothing. Cause like with clothing, you could like hide the little things, you know, if you wear the right things that are more flattering to your body, it, like it, you can hide your body. Um, I'm like, I did not want to be exposed, but then I realized, wait, this is the part where I started learning to love my body. I'm like, it's my body. It's beautiful. It's like, it helps me go through the day. I walk through the day. Like I just learned to really love my body and not let um, just taking off my shirt or just doing getting more intimate, like stop me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. So I guess that took a lot of like self-love to get to that point. And it did take a while, but you can definitely get there. Yeah, it, it definitely is tough and it can be a really scary thing. And I mean, I think like we said before, it's like nobody's paying attention mm-hmm. to you. Like they're not like, they're not scanning every yeah. inch of your body to find all of your flaws. Like they're clearly into you. They clearly. They're just have, happy like, to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like nobody is paying attention to you. And it's all things that like you're self-conscious about. But think about like any experience that you have when you're getting intimate with someone like you're not, you're not. Like, exactly. I don't even notice what the other person looks like. I'm like, yeah. No. I guess their face. I'm like, okay, you know, seeing each other, but that's about it. Yeah. One million percent. And it's like, I feel like if you think about like the range of, of like, I guess, weights and body types of people that like we've all dated, like there's not like one perfect, like mm-hmm. human specimen. It's like, cause it's not about that. Yeah, exactly. It's literally not yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I saw, I think Jared Freed was doing a Q and A on his story and there was something one someone wrote in that they were really nervous that they were going to like have sex with somebody for the first time and that they have a lot of butt acne and that it was going to like scare them away and like what if it like grossed them out and Jared was like I've literally never heard of somebody dumping someone else because they had pimples on their butt like right you're fine he'll be mm-hmm. like that person will be happy to be there exactly <laughs> exactly yeah so I think that's just like the key is really to remember that and and it, look if you're nervous maybe you're just not like that comfortable with the person yet like there's no harm in saying like I would prefer to take it slow and then mm-hmm. when you are comfortable more comfortable with them then great go yeah. for it I have d- definitely done that too like in the very beginning I w- took it very very slow and did not want to get to that point early on and then that actually helped weed out a lot of people because I learned that some people I mean totally fine they were just only there for physical and I wasn't there so that helped like weeding it out like past day three day four day five and seeing who was still remaining that helped me realize oh this person actually likes me on an emotional level and intellectual level so that really helped it one million percent and i think also paying attention to certain things where it's like if you're texting somebody a lot like they're not they're not staring at you like they're not just interested in you because of your body or like if Mm -hmm. like you said like with waiting to be more comfortable i've definitely had experiences where like I do like to take things slower than some other people. Mm-hmm. And if if somebody's not receptive to that, if somebody's like trying to pressure me or anything, I'm like, great, done, bye. Yes, exactly. Like you are not for me. And yeah. that's totally okay. 
And oh, and speaking of people that aren't for me, I realized that I cannot be with someone who's like very intense about their body or very intense about dieting. Because I have like gone on dates with people who are like gym bros and like have a specific diet like that. I realized that doesn't sit well with me just because I have gone through that whole like eating disorder. I don't want any chance for me to relapse and like seeing someone else kind of like going on their diet and like doing things to your body that yeah it kind of takes me to a bad place because I then want to challenge myself to like compete with them like I should also like want to exercise as much as them Mm -hmm. I should eat like them so that's like one thing that I realized I cannot date someone who has that mentality but I think that's a really good point. And it's great that you were able to notice that and, and say like, this isn't for me. And I think that's really important that we realize like what doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. And cause I'm sure if that person's doing that, it's going to constantly be on your mind. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So one final question that I have that I would love to hear you talk about is I guess like, what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself or about like human connection and, and relationships from this experience? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Saving the tough one for the end. Yeah. Um, biggest thing I learned. About you, can, you can take a beat. Take a minute. Okay. Okay. I think the biggest thing I learned um, was that sometimes you may be the problem. So I used to complain that, oh my God, everyone I'm dating is, they're emotionally unavailable. And I didn't realize that I was the emotionally unavailable person. And I was like, I, the reason why I was attracting emotionally unavailable people was because I myself was emotionally unavailable. So I would say that was like the biggest learning I had. And it wasn't until my therapist brought it up. They're like, Sam, you realize that you've been emotionally unavailable the last couple of years, right? With your eating disorder. And there's a reason why you keep attracting guys like this because you haven't worked on yourself the last couple of years. You only started working on them now. And that's why you're attracting better people into your life. So I would say sometimes the blame isn't on the other person or the other people that you're seeing. Sometimes you have to do some inner reflection and recognize, wait, is there something that I like maybe I'm going through that I'm not seeing that maybe I need to work on first? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that was beautifully stated, but also I know that I've had that happens to me too, where I'm like, I keep running into the same exact problem with every single person I'm going on dates with, like, what is wrong with every other person in the world? And then it's like, no, like, I, I, first of all, like, I was making choices to, like, date these specific people, but it was also like, I wasn't in a good place. And if you realize that there's that pattern happening, where it's like the same exact thing keeps happening over and over, like, it, it might, be worth looking within. And, and that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That doesn't mean you're a bad person or, or like shouldn't be dating. It just means that you might be, you might have the answer within and, and it does sometimes take work and, and that's okay. Like we all have things that we can work on and improve on. And I think that once we do that, we'll be in such a better place to date yeah. and like make connections. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I, definitely learned a lot and I hope that the everyone who tuned in to listen feels like they came out of this listening experience with some some new insight and and some new tools and and all that um thank you is do you want people to find you yeah definitely um if you have any questions or if you're going through something similar definitely reach out I've actually had some people reach out to me about like 
eating like eating disorder, how to navigate that. And I like mentoring people. Like I, I think it helps in my own recovery too. So like if you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. Amazing. And yeah, if you need somebody to look up to, if you need someone to help you through this, Sam is here for you. And I'm so grateful for that. So thanks for tuning in. And this has been Seeing Unbeaten. And this has been, (laughs) I can't speak. I need to go to bed. Thanks for listening to Unfiltered. Bye. (laughs) Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!